First and Fanatic. On this week, First and Fanatic, Ben and I will be discussing the NFC North. Take it away, Ben. Well, we just changed the tire unexpectedly, so I feel like I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Pumped, pumped. Let's, let's destroy things. Get the blood flowing <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, who are we talking about first? We are going to talk about the Green Bay Packers and their losses and what they can do to recover. Well, let's start with the MVP. They brought back the MVP on a new contract, so he's uh, back and rejuvenated, ready to go, but they lost Devontae Adams, so that's uh, possibly the best receiver in the league, so that's pretty. That's a tough loss. Yeah, and Valdez Scantling, who was a good uh, backup uh, receiver when they needed like extra yardage, so I mean, it's going to be hard for them. I, I know Rodgers was the MVP, but I'm also looking at the fact that he's been MVP and they haven't been back to the, the championship in a while, so I'd rather have the championship than the MVP. Sure, and now they're counting on Alan Lazard, but he's, uh, as of today, he's not practicing, and um, he's questionable for the first game of the season. So they kind of have a lot of new faces that Rodgers has to deal, has to rely on in the passing game. So it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, and it wasn't, he, he wasn't happy that they lost Adams. I, I heard that he was very disappointed because, I mean, that's one of his sure. key, key targets. I mean, and then you take that away, and the, division, the, the division's getting hotter. I mean, it was always the Packers ruling that division. But now you got like the Vikings creeping up, the Bears creeping up, and then you were saying that the Lions have done a lot to improve. So yeah, and so I think the Packers have been sort of the ones in in power in that division for a couple of years, and Rodgers really uh, uh, renewed the the end of his career here in the last couple of years. And so I think I think they kind of like missed their window to go to the Super Bowl, and they're still gonna have some you know good players on defense. They have Devondre Campbell he really broke out the last couple of years and Jair Alexander is one of the best cornerbacks so they'll have some competitive players and they just have uh I think they they came back down to the middle of the pack along with the rest of their division so I think it's going to be more up for grab well this is a bad time for that too because didn't uh Rogers just like in Chicago say I'm your daddy so like now the Bears have like a chip on their shoulder like you know like okay yeah you're a stepdaddy we're gonna slap you around I'm pretty sure he said, I own you and I will always own you or something like that. Oh, so, uh, Rogers, hopefully you can back that up this year because the Bears <laughs> did a, some stuff to improve now. They, they had a good draft. I mean, they got some talent, so it could be it could be difficult for you. Yeah, the, the Bears have Justin Fields and they got a new coaching staff. They got rid of Matt Nagy, which was a horrible experiment. It's nice to see him out of there because I want to see Justin Fields treated right by his coaches uh, put him in a proper offense that actually accentuates his talents. Like I heard they're going to be using a lot more action, like rolling him out of the pocket and getting him on the move to throw down the field, oh, which like is something, actions? yeah. And, and like bootlegs to, to get outside of the pocket and use his um, legs and his speed. And then um, just something that he did at, at Ohio. I think it was Ohio state at college in college a lot. I believe it was. Yeah. And uh, so they're going to put him in a much better spot to succeed and use his talents like to make plays as opposed to sort of I feel like in the previous regime of, of coaching they they kind of just didn't really have a, a plan at all so yeah. I think they're going to be in a lot better system this year yeah I think if they did like a dink and dunk offense where he just like threw the ball short and stuff and they had options to run they'd be they'd be a beast yeah, they have good running backs. They have Montgomery, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. And then they have Cole Komet, who's a young athletic tight end. And then Darnell Mooney is their best player on offense, I think. He is super fast. He can go down the field and catch the ball. He 
can be the focal point point of the offense. He had 81 catches, 1,055 yards, and four touchdowns last year. I could see those numbers going up if the Bears improve as a as an offense. Yeah, that the defense isn't that bad. I mean, it has some question marks uh, last year. A lot of injuries. I remember they had a lot of injury prone uh, players. So I mean, if they can improve, I mean, they could be a force in the division. The Packers aren't as strong as they used to. So the lion, the old Lions, lost his tooth a little bit. Yeah. So they have um, Roquan Smith. He asked for a trade a couple weeks ago, but then sort of came back to uh, the team. I think they talked it out and. He's gonna stick with the team. He's not asking for a trade anymore. So I mean, he's their he's definitely their most productive player on defense. And then they just traded Khalil Mack to the Chargers, who was one of the best pass rushers of the of the decade. So uh, they definitely have some turnover, and it's gonna be a new defense. But I think since they were able to keep Smith in in their linebacking core that's really important. Like so, they're gonna be in good shape. They're not going to be going into a rebuild on defense or anything like that well that's good because um uh, the bear, the bears ever since like the mike dicka era like have not been good like they've had moments where they seem like they were going to be like doing really well and then nothing yeah they're a long string of quarterback experiments it's well documented jay cutler was probably the best quarterback they've had in a long time yeah who else do they have rex grossman trubisky yeah, yeah he's, trubisky didn't work no he's in he's in pittsburgh right now right yep pittsburgh yep. has him as the uh, listed as their week one starter poor bastard i mean yay <laughs> <laughs> i think i'd like this hopefully you know tomlin's a good coach in pittsburgh hopefully they'll put same thing with fields hopefully they'll put trubisky in a better spot in a system that works with his strengths yeah yeah that maximizes his talent in order to make plays as opposed to I don't know. I don't even know what to call Matt Nagy's offense. It was a disaster. Right? They never did anything. So, I mean, they also got Byron Pringle from the Chiefs. He was productive in their offense as a third or fourth receiver. Yeah, I usually take him in my fantasy because he, he produces some points sometimes. Sometimes he'll have explosive games. Other times he's a dud. Yeah, so he can he's he can have a bigger role now on the Bears. He was buried sort of on the depth chart on the Chiefs. But with the Bears, they have some young players. They have athletic guys that can make plays i think it's just a matter of coaches putting the guys in position to succeed yep. so i'm i'm i would say i'm sort of optimistic about the the bears i know i i think my take nowadays is uh young quarterbacks coming out of college thrust into the nfl game i feel is detrimental to them i feel that they should sit behind at least a, an aging veteran to learn the systems and get to know stuff because from what i've seen a lot of these people that come off the, you know come right out of college right into the thing are a mess i mean and it's it's not their fault i think the systems are different they have to learn the speed there's a lot of things they need to know and you know it's like trying to rush a fine dinner you can't rush a fine dinner because then it becomes trash it's it's sort of weird because some some players like patrick mahomes he sat for a year and alex smith great veteran quarterback he was able to play out the season and mahomes could comfortably wait his turn and then even going back to Aaron Rodgers he sat for two or three years behind, behind Brett Favre yep. but then he came right in into the job and he was he was fine Steve Young yeah I mean, I mean these are the like if you look at like that stuff like I feel like they're, they're just rushed into this situation because they got a big name coming out of college like oh my god this is a superstar in college then you thrust them into the NFL and it's not the same the, the linebackers are bigger the linebackers are stronger linebackers hit harder I mean, I mean, and you put these people behind offenses that aren't that good. I mean, look at the quarterback from Jacksonville. What is his name? Uh, Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, good God, man. 
I mean, he looked he was incredible in college, and he looked like trash in Jacksonville. I think that's actually a good example. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields both got drafted as rookies, basically drafted by lame duck head coaches. Yeah, Urban Meyer was just hired as the coach, so I don't know if he was a lame duck, but things went south with him immediately, like uh, like calam- calamitously. And then um, Matt Nagy, I, I think they should have let him go last year and then draft the rookie quarterback with the new head coach so that he can pick the guy that he wants and build the system around him. With Justin Fields, they draft him with Matt Nagy, then fire Nagy, hire a new coach, and it's like, well, now you have to hire the coach that fits the quarterback rather than hiring the coach and letting him pick, pick the quarterback. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, it's reverse. So, yeah. so I feel like that's really important. So now the Bears, I don't want to say they're stuck with Fields. He seems really talented and has a high ceiling. But I just think from a team building standpoint, it's kind of questionable. Like, I don't know if they're going to have all of their stuff together right away. It might take some time to see some some progress. Yeah, you got you to gotta grow in the sense since he's growing with his quarterback, that, like you said, that's kind of detrimental because you want the coach to be already set, know his stuff, know his things, and um, have stuff in place that he wants done, whereas you're trying to rush this quarterback into learning this new system too. So, I mean, it's going to be hard. I mean, but I guess working together, they could make it gel. Yeah, and with teams like that, I think it's not a terrible thing to thrust the quarterback on the field, but they're probably, like as a rookie, but they're probably going to lose some games before they figure it out i mean unless he literally is like pat mahomes or lamar jackson where they come in and they're playing at mvp levels i mean those are the two of the top quarterbacks in the league so unless they're that great of a of a player it's gonna take time like mac jones it's gonna take time and there's gonna be growing pains yeah same with fields yeah the kid from san diego too herbert was actually another one that just stepped right in and was amazing yep I think he was the rookie of the year. Yeah, he chucked the ball. He yeah. can chuck the ball. Boy. And then last year he threw for 5,000 yards. I yeah. mean, so those are the top-tier quarterbacks. I feel like Fields is in that next tier down Yeah, where there's going to be a lot more uh, growing pains. The B class. Yes. Uh, then we go into the Vikings, uh, who always seem to, like, make bad moves. I, I don't know what it is about the Vikings. Like, I can't blame them for when they had Brett Favre because, like, New Orleans went headhunting and tried to hurt him for, on purpose because they should have won. They should have went to the least Super Bowl that year. But um, they always seem to, like, bring in people and they just can't get it together. Yeah, I feel like, well, so the Vikings are my pick to win the division this year. But in their history, they're, I think they're the winningest team in NFL history that has never won the Super Bowl. So they always run into, some, I don't know, some some heartbreak. and Yeah. And uh, But they look like a, a good team this year. Kirk Cousins, I think he's an underrated quarterback, like, at least nationally. I feel like he doesn't get a lot of respect compared to other veterans. I think they, I think he's quality. I think they put a lot of emphasis on his interceptions, but like they never talk about like the great games he has. It's always like that one game and he'll throw an interception. They're like, oh look, look, he's throwing interceptions. He's garbage. But they don't talk about like the the three games prior when he's like looking like MVP caliber. I totally agree. Here's num- Here are his numbers from last year: four thousand two hundred twenty-one yards, thirty-three touchdowns, and seven interceptions. I mean. That's legit. That's yeah. like a uh, top touchdown interception ratio. And then he has Justin Jefferson, who's in, in fantasy football. He's going in the first round like 
He's the one of the best young receivers in the NFL. He looks like Randy Moss sometimes. So you know they have they have something going for them. They they can be explosive. Yeah, and they have the talent. I mean, and if he's in the top percentile, that's because someone's throwing him the ball. So you got to think of it like that. I mean, he you're getting him as like the top what top ten player. So that means you trust the fact that that quarterback's going to get him the ball. So sure. That's that's something to think about. I mean, you can say what you want about Cousins, but he puts up numbers. I mean. He does. He was brought in there to do something, and he does it. He's had some mis- mistakes and miscues and some bad misfortune, but you know what? It's football. That's what it is. I mean, sometimes plays happen. Sometimes sometimes you think you get the perfect throw, and that defender comes out of nowhere and picks you off, and you're like, what the hell just happened? You know? And they, they've had some tough competition, like, like the Packers the last few years. I mean, they pretty much steamrolled the NFC and, and cruised to the number one seat, so... I think this time it's going to be more competitive. I think the Vikings will have an easier time keeping up with teams like the Packers just because uh, the Packers have come down more uh, to to the level of the competition. And then the Vikings, they have a veteran group. Dalvin Cook, he's another guy who's going in the first round of fantasy drafts because he's a him. bell cow. Yeah, he can carry the ball and, and lead the league in rushing if, if they needed to. And then um, they have a new coaching staff too. They got... Kevin O'Connell, they hired him as a head coach from the Rams. So he was the offensive coordinator of the Rams. Yeah, Super and Bowl they're going to run his passing scheme that turned Cooper Cup into Jerry Rice. So right. I think they're going to put Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook in those same positions where they have a, they have a strong combo of, of uh, running and passing that are top tier offenses. So I think they're going to be in a much better position to succeed this year. That's awesome. That's like the running gun offense of the Detroit Lions a long time ago when they had Barry Sanders and uh, they had the talented wide receivers of Galloway. Uh, Herman Moore. Herman Moore. So, like, I mean, they should have done way better than what they did. They just didn't have a defense. Yeah, and, and they even, uh, I think their defense will be better this year. It's a good group of veterans. They have uh, they have Zadarius Smith, who they got from the Packers. He's a stud pass rusher. I think that he's a really important pickup just because he's always in the backfield making plays. He's going to make their defense a lot tougher. And then they have Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith. Those guys have always been staples in, in tough secondaries. Uh, I think I think they're going to be really good this year. I think they're going to win the division, and they'll actually be one of the top competitors in the NFC. It's just going to be flat out hard to keep up with them. Yeah, I think the AFC kind of like destroyed the NFC talent pool. Like They took a lot of the talent pool off of the NFC side. And, Absolutely. And it's going to be more competitive the NFC because they don't have a lot of the playmakers they had in the NFC at the time. I mean, you look, Russell Wilson's over in Denver. I mean, there's a lot of talent that got taken out of the NFC and is now playing for the AFC. The AFC is going to be, like, every game, like I said before on this podcast, is going to be competitive in the AFC except for, well, the Texans. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, Texans. It's just how it is. So I think that's how it's going to be. Like, in the NFC, even though the talent pool dropped, it makes it more competitive because now you have all these people, like, that are even evenly based. I mean, even Tampa Bay isn't, I'm not scared of Tampa Bay. Like, I wouldn't be afraid of them. I was going to say Tampa Bay too. The, Tampa Bay and Dallas, I feel like they were two of the top competitors in the NFC the last few years that both going into this season, both teams have down downgraded their offensive line. They lost longtime veterans that were key players and now they're going to have to run the offense they're going to run the same offense with new, less experienced, possibly second string players based on injury and free agency loss. So I think 
that's going to be a big opportunity for the Vikings. Oh, 100%. I think like the Los Angeles Rams are the team. I still think the Rams are the team to beat in the NFC because sure. of the fact that they've kept the majority of their players and they've added good talent to it. So, I mean, sure, they've lost a few players, but I just think that that's the team to beat. Yeah. I think that relates to the Buccaneers last year. They retained all 22 of their starters after they won the Super Bowl. But then stuff happens. The season plays out. And uh, the Bucks they, they gave the Rams a good run. They had an epic comeback in the divisional playoff against the Rams. But they fell, up sh- fell short. So it can happen to the Rams this year, too, where they had their season last year and uh now the vikings are the ascending team in the conference so yeah things happen where the balance of power just shifts and i think the wind is blowing in the vikings direction this this year and they're overdue they're overdue oh oh that's that's the truth <laughs> yeah I, I mean i've never been to minnesota i was one of the places i'd want to go because it looked beautiful and uh i've always I've always rooted for the Minnesota Vikings. Like I used to get their their helmets and the little like uh, gumball machines, and they used to have the helmets. I've always liked the Minnesota Vikings. I thought they were a good team even back in the in the day. And uh, when Rich Gannon and them were there, I I, I liked the Vikings. But you know what? Uh, I love the Patriots, so it is. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see. I mean, I hope they I hope they have a good season because they have a lot of exciting players, and I want to see their offense come to life in a new form with their new coach and uh could be the next extension of the sean mcveigh uh coaching tree in in the nfl so i think it's a really good opportunity for them hey last but not least the detroit lions no they're definitely last and least (laughs) they have had a lot of misfortune a lot I, I can't I can't I suffer with you Detroit fans <laughs> it's painful <laughs> I want to say one thing right off the bat they were projected to have one of the top offensive lines in the NFL this year and they already just lost uh one of their guards uh Vitae for this uh he just went on injured reserve so that's really unfortunate because I was looking forward to seeing what the Lions were gonna do with their fully stocked offense like for the new season so to see that they're already losing players on on their on their offensive line bums me out because uh, i'm optimistic about the lions this year yeah they're overdue a lot of these teams we're talking about in the nfc north are overdue i mean they're they're, they have talent they've had a lot of talent but they've been hit by the injury bug misfortune disgruntled players there's always something that causes them not to do as good as they're predicted and it's sad in a way it's like the afc east yes with brady and the Patriots, they just win the division every year. And the other three teams look like they're just floundering on the, <laughs> on the, I don't know, on the field or something. They can't figure out how to break through. And I feel like the, um, the opportunity for the, the other three teams besides the Packers this year, I think it's uh, more than it's been in at least 12 years since the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010. So I think for the, for the Lions, I mean, they have, they're another team with good, young talent they're they're a very young team uh but then jared goff he proved in los angeles that if you put enough talent around him he will succeed and he can make plays and he even won the nfc uh in 2018 so yes i think that he's not a bottom tier quarterback i think jared goff is a good veteran if you put him in a good position and he has a lot to prove I mean, because look, the, the Rams went and won the Super Bowl, you know, and like he has a lot to prove now. He's like, you know, 100%. all right, you got rid of me and you put me to the Lions. By the way, the Lions, I, I that's like 
purgatory for a quarterback. You know, it's like sending them to the Texans again. I'm sorry I'm beating on you, Texans, but you just stink. Uh, but that's like the ver- NFC version of the line, uh, of the Texans. I agree. Uh, I think Goff is just one of those. I mean, I definitely agree that he has a, a chip on his shoulder this year. He probably has to had to have watched the Rams win the Super Bowl last year and think, okay, I could I could have been the quarterback for that, you know, on that team with all that talent. I'm sure he feels inside that he could have been the he oh. could have stayed there and been the one to 100%. take them to the Super Bowl. 100%. Not it's to like, say anything bad about Stafford. He was amazing last year, but like I'm sure Goff feels that way. Yeah, there's a couple of quarterbacks in the league that have a lot to prove to the teams that let them go, like Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson. There's a lot of quarterbacks that have like a little egos coming, going, all right, you did what you did, but let's see what I can do. You know, now it's time for them to step up. You know? Another thing about the Lions is that they were really banged up last year. They had a lot of players missing by the end of the season on offense. So they were really bare bones. And then their defense just straight up couldn't stop anything. And I mean, I'm afraid they might be somewhat similar on defense this year. Like they, they just got killed by everybody dropping 30, 40 points on them every week. Well, they dropped a lot of the aging veterans and picked up a lot of uh, young, young studs, kind of, kind of like the Patriots did. So we'll see what happens with that. They got faster on defense. Yeah, they got the second pick in the draft and took Aiden Hutchinson. He's a defensive lineman and he's 6'4", 264. So he's he's not a, a fat, fat guy in the middle. He's a really athletic lineman and they're already raving about what he's going to do. So I'm excited to see him in action. Week one, I want to see him start tearing it up right from the get-go. That would be really big for the Lions to get someone disruptive up front just to, just to put some pressure on quarterbacks so they don't sit there and pick them apart every game. Yeah, and it'd be it'd be different like if they can do that to Aaron Rodgers because like no pressure on Rodgers, he's gonna tear you apart. I think like we were talking about before when Brady left the Patriots, teams love beating up the Patriots now because it's like they're no longer the big brother. You know, they're getting slapped around by teams because teams and they want to beat them badly. They don't want to beat them like a little. They want to beat them a lot. I think that's where Green Bay is right now. I think that with the depletion of their talent, a lot of these teams are surviving. Like looking at them, going, "Okay, we have a chance to crush you." So I think that's what the NFC North like Minnesota, Chicago, um, Detroit, they're looking at them going, all right, you're weak. You're, you have some you have some kinks in your armor, and we can actually get you. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Sure. I think it's kind of the way I think about the Lions is kind of like baseball. You, you, can't, you can't win games when your starter goes three in the third innings and gives up six runs every game. Like, eventually it's going to wear them out because the offense needs to compete with that every single game. It's like our starter. So... For the Lions, it was like their defense giving up yards and points nonstop, just bleeding every game. It's yeah. going to wear the, the offense out so because they can't keep up with that every game. Makes you one-dimensional. You sure. Get, you got to throw the ball. Then your run game's gone. Useless. Right? Yeah, exactly. Then they're, then they're in garbage time every game, and they're just dumping off to DeAndre Swift. So I think this year they're going to probably run the ball a lot. And then they have some good receivers. Amon Ross St. Brown, when everyone got hurt last year, he was one of the top receivers in the league. They just peppered him with targets and he caught everything. And he even won them a couple games. So I think if they can just sort of uh, bend but don't break, that's what we used to say in New England when the Patriots had terrible defenses. (laughs) If they can just bend and not break, like they can actually have a competitive season where they're not falling behind 4 nothing in the first inning every every game to, to... tie it back to the baseball (laughs) but so i just that's the way i kind of look at the lions like that i don't want to say they need a break because i don't think you really uh deserve breaks in the nfl but like i i want to see them do well i want to see them improve on last year i don't i don't want to 
watch the draft next year and see the Lions picking second again. Yeah, the I, fan base doesn't either. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. Right, so for its fan base is begging for a good season. Whereas the Texans, I w- I would be more than happy to see them pick second every single year. <laughs> I I despise the Texans, but the Lions, you know, I I just feel like they're a good team. I really like their coach Dan Campbell. He's insane, and he's uh, great content. Um, I still need to watch Hard Knocks. I only saw the first episode. Oh yeah, I didn't watch it. I saw that it was on the Lions. So that I was going to watch it for this podcast, but then like other things had come up, you know, because we also I also do the the what's happening. So I had to watch uh, I had to watch Spy. And then I had to do a couple <laughs> of uh, uh, films that we just. Had interviewed to one of the directors so i get caught up in so much stuff and i'm like oh damn i meant to watch that (laughs) yeah it's it's fun to watch because you can see the lions have that underdog mentality and i think that's really important in the nfl because they feel like they're getting you know shit on by everyone every single year and they just want to come out and hit people they want to they don't want to they don't want to prove to people that they're underrated they want to come out and smack you and say you're you're wrong <laughs> right and i like that i like that i like the underdog mentality i like the you know we got something to prove a little chip on their shoulder i like that because that's driving force in the nfl i mean and those players that they bring in especially the rookies they're like all right we can turn this franchise around that means a lot to people if they can like turn it from like one and something to you know say the playoff run that means a lot to these uh, these young kids coming out of college i mean so i'd like to see it too yeah look what happened with the Bengals. Uh, they were always a laughing stock and then they have the bungles yeah they they were the, always the bungles and then they have one good year and and now they're one of the you know i would say they're one of the top 10 ranked teams going into the season so one year can turn it around maybe they'll just fi- finally catch lightning in a bottle or maybe they have been building on something for a couple of years but over, i don't know overall i just think they um they have a good roster they have good coaches and and um they're unproven and, and it'll be interesting to see if they can capture it oh, i'd like to see it too is there anything else you'd like to add on the nfc north before we let you go um so i said i think the vikings will win the division uh i still think the packers will come in second because i still think they're going to be competitive and then i'll say the lions will come in third and then i think the bears are gonna have some growing pains and coming forth so but overall i think it's going to be a much more competitive division than in the last few years nice and if you're ever a guest on the was happening podcast to get a flat tire Ben and I are now trained professionals in this. <laughs> we can change your tire. Uh, yeah, we just needed a couple neighbors to pitch in, and we we had it taken care of. Like clockwork. We only <laughs> let the car fall off the jack one time, so that I consider that a success. Yeah, it really did too. That was really scary, but we got it. We got it done. It's over. He's get the drives home, and then get that tire fixed. And uh, that's the fun part about being here on First and Finet. So tune in next time. We're looking forward to talking about the AFC South and the NFC South, maybe um, get that all in one probably, and um, we'll see what we can do. So tune in next time to First and Fanatic. (laughs) 